Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What is up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only Joshua Timms. What's up, team? And Mrs. Elena. I'm... <laughs> almost about to have a baby Haas. <laughs> hey, guys. And have we named the baby? <laughs> not yet. Would you tell us? Uh, I don't believe that. Probably not. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't <laughs> yeah, release that's why it I don't on here? That. Does your mom listen to this? Um, I don't think so. Man, I, don't, I really don't think she knows. <laughs> Man, this is great. All right, that's it. We'll see you next time on another episode of... <laughs> All right, I'm totally kidding. Josh, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about a concept that around here we call leading up. And this is uh, this is something that applies to your workplace or uh, in lots of different places where, where you have someone who's over you, someone that's in charge, whether it's a boss or um, a coach or whatever, how to lead up, yep. which is great. And today, what's going to happen is... Uh, so, David gets to actively be Elena's boss. And Elena is excellent <laughs> at this, uh, at this leading up topic. And so really, I'm going to try and play... <laughs> if she does say so herself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say this for her so she doesn't have to do that. But um, I'm going to try and play interviewer today and just talk about what it looks like to lead up and how we do that. Okay, but let me say something that's kind of ir- ironic. So David used to... This is like one of those things that David is really, really good at. He still is. But he... I watched him lead up when... We had his boss was JP, and I watched him do this with JP for so long, and I just learned by watching him. And so it's funny is somehow mm-hmm. I learned how to lead up, but really it was just by example. So so anything, really, Josh, I so really, yeah, David is the expert. I just want everyone to know that, and that I just is, learned by watching him. That just that, feels like Elena wanted brownie points, and so she's like, David, that, I learned from you. I is, feel like I can't take the credit for this. All a part of leading up, right there. No, hey, so when we say leading up, there's lots of types of leadership. You're leading down, which is people that may report to you. You're leading a, mm-hmm. uh, sideways or laterally, which is people that are coworkers or peers. And then leading up is how to lead the person who is directly above you <laughs> and how to be an effective employee underneath him. This is not just a new idea or some idea that we want to emphasize. This is a biblical idea. You see examples throughout the scripture mm-hmm. of Daniel. You see Joseph. You see uh, Joseph being the right-hand man in, in Genesis. Really, the, the last 10 chapters of the book of Genesis were told the story of Joseph where he rises and he's faithful everywhere that he goes. He seeks mm-hmm. to... Um, do things with excellence for the sake of those who are above him in authority. He leads up well. He makes suggestions. He even, you know, allows the Pharaoh that he reports to to look amazing because he's like, here's a suggestion. It's going to save the people. You're going to be the king who saves the people. Here's what you should do with the grain. And he models that really well. Then you see David leading up with Saul, being unwilling to do anything against the Lord's anointed. David was underneath King Saul at that time, despite the fact that David knew he'd be king. He, he was unwilling to go against the person that God had put in authority for that time over him. You see Daniel, who is, you know, basically the right-hand man of King Nebuchadnezzar, which was a crazy boss. However crazy your boss is, Daniel had a much more crazy yeah, boss than Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar. Yes. Who built, if your boss builds a huge statue <laughs> and wants everybody to bow down at the office to him, you would be rivaling, um, you know, Nebuchadnezzar as crazy as boss. But all that to say, there's example after example in the scriptures of this, and if you will do what we're about to tell you to do, mm-hmm. you are gonna pop at work like nobody else. You'll probably get promoted faster, you'll probably get a raise faster, you'll you will flourish there, and this is something our generation is so bad at. Like, the, the reason you're gonna pop is because so few people do it. The reason Elena pops 
in our workplace and she really does. I mean, everyone feel like she is just a Jedi master around here that people really respect <laughs> oh her opinion on things. And and there's a lot yeah. of issues she has too. So yeah. <laughs> just Definitely. be honest. No, but I, the, truly, uh, yeah. Elena, one of the reasons she does is because she just learned, man, how do I lead up really well? How do I honor and um, at the same time, speak the truth. And what does it look like yeah. to, to lead up well? And ultimately, this is not just about honoring your boss, which it is. It does honor your boss a lot, but it is honoring your ultimate boss, which is God. And we're all working for the Lord. And so when you work with intentionality like this and when you work to honor your authorities, that really and it's a way to honor God in all of that. Yep, too, totally. so. Yeah, so let, let's just start there, because I think to, to start the conversation uh, motives matter here on this topic because if it was simply, I think if uh, if David to your point, if Elaine was doing this or Elaine just to yours, if you're doing it to like make yourself look good, um, it probably you probably still wouldn't pop the same way. And so let's just talk about motives and why motives matter and what motives you need to have if you're going to lead up really well. Yeah, the Bible talks about workplace dynamics. It seemed to, it seems to indicate that how you work is a reflection of of whose you are and the faith that you have. Colossians chapter three, verse 23 says, whatever you do, work at it. Like whatever your job is, work at it with all of your heart. Whether you like it, whether you don't like it, whether you get noticed for it, whether you don't get noticed for it, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as though you are working for the Lord, not for people. I mean, so scriptures say that whatever we're doing, we should work in such a way with such excellence, such effort, be the first to show up, the last to leave, the um, most intentional, thoughtful, most effort going into, because we know that we're working for the Lord. And it says, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So there's an impact really in eternity, the way that it, man, if you're a barista at a coffee shop listening to this, or if you are a teacher or you work in real estate or you work in finance as an accountant, how you work today has eternal implications, the scripture says, which is pretty crazy to think about. Yep. So you should lead up in a way that both uh, reflects the fact that I trust Romans 13 says, God put this authority over me. Every authority has been established, not by, by human uh, people, but God and his sovereignty. And I want to work up and work and lead up in a way that really honors yep. God because I'm working ultimately for God. Whether I get the credit or whether I get the raise, I'm working ultimately for eternal things. Yeah, that's good. So it's really thinking of the organization and your boss and like, how, how can I make this uh, better? And Elaine, I want to ask you this question. Is it, is this just apply to bosses that are really great? Like if people are out there and like, man, uh, I'm only going to I'm only going to lead up or I'm only going to like care if my boss is awesome. Yeah, Would you, Elena. <laughs> your boss is awesome. Yeah, so. I don't know, Josh, because my boss is so uh, awesome. I've man. never been faced so with that challenge. So many brownie points oh, here. Man. No. She is lying. Uh, yeah. Obviously, like in the scriptures with Joseph and Daniel, they had really terrible bosses. And um, so it really, that's kind of irrelevant. If anything, it shows more your faithfulness if you're doing this for a, a really horrible boss um, versus if you just do it for bosses that treat you well. And, mm -hmm. Totally. What, cool. So it's, yeah, it's okay. not really. But if you're in a, an abusive work environment situation, yeah. you should call the police. Yeah. You should, like, and I mean, literally yeah. abusive, or you should leave there. And, and abusive is a, a dangerous word because people will, will be like, this is so abusive. They want me here at 8.15. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a really unhealthy. There could be a scenario where it's like, this is not a healthy place for me right. to be spiritually and emotionally and all those things. Yeah. So with that said, there are times where, you know, we live in a, a at will, what's it called? Work at will, fire at will, fire at will. Work state. at will, right? 
either one where, um, man, you have the choice of going and deciding to work somewhere else. And, um, but wherever God has you for most people listening, 99.9%, if you will learn to honor your boss, to lead up well, the things that we're about to talk about, you're Mm going to excel, you're going to honor God and you're going to pop and you're going to do what Titus chapter two says, you're going to make the teachings. And in that context, he's talking about slavery, work in such a way that you work so hard that you make the teachings of your Lord and Savior Jesus attractive. That's Titus chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. So if he's talking about that in the context of slavery, he's certainly talking about it in the context of a uh, free relationship that I choose to enter into called employment. That, hey, I should work in such a way that's an opportunity for me to make the teachings of Jesus cool. most effective. All right, so we're going to jump into just a few ways in which you guys can do this today. And so uh, I want to ask you guys, what is the first step if you're going to lead well? How would you do that? The first step in leading up is? I don't know if it's the first step. It's at least one of the steps okay. or one of the things that, that you should be a student of your boss. Uh, and by that, I mean, like when you show up, just you're having your, I'm going to school today. I'm learning the things my boss cares about. We all see there are certain times where your boss or the people above you or your boss's boss, like they really care about that. They really don't care about this. And this matters to them, or this is their communication preference. So when I have a decision that's being made, I know that they want to speak into that before the decision is made, or just every single interaction that I have is a chance to learn and observe and go, hey, I want to be more in line with the person that is in leadership over me. I want to be more um, effective in in how I communicate with them, more thoughtful, or I'm beginning to notice they really care about X. So I need to make sure before any decision about X is made that I run it by them or allow them to speak into it. Elaine, I'd love to to hear from you. How have you done that with David? Yeah, a practical example for David is I just know there's certain things he cares about and certain things he just wants me to make the call on. So it's just like I know what he's interested in and what he'd want to know about and then what he doesn't really care about. And there's things about his communication. Like if he's in meetings all day and I know he's really busy, he's not going to be on email. So if there's something urgent, I need to text him. and I know he'll see it because he has an Apple watch and he gets notifications. <laughs> and sometimes we'll hold, hold right back when he can. There's little things like that, that it's just like you just pick up from observing them. And the way I would lead up with David, it would be probably completely different than a way I would lead up with another boss because he might be like, why are you texting me? Like this email only, I'm gonna get lost in my text messages. So what's good for one boss is not good for another. So that's why you need to be a student of them. Totally, and their preferences. Like this is the really biggest one of all of them, I think. If you will just do this, like, hey, I've been thoughtful, I've noticed about you, Mm -hmm. and even Mm -hmm. just say, I thought you would want to speak into this, so I, I brought it before we made a decision. Then they can go, no, that was okay. You could have made the decision, or they could they could say, you know, I don't care about that. Yeah. But it shows me when somebody comes to me and says, I, I thought you would care about this, so I'm bringing it. Oh, they are being thoughtful and intentional, and they're learning, and they're ad- adapting to their leader. So many people think their leader needs to adapt to you. Mm-hmm. You, oh, man, that makes me feel frustrated. <laughs> the, you... Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't even totally describe how that feeling <laughs> makes me, makes me feel because it is such a arrogant, prideful, yeah. God opposes that posture. He opposes it, but he gives grace to the humble. And th- the same thing happens whenever you're humble is he raises you up in due time. And if you just think, oh, well, my boss, he just doesn't get me or he didn't, he, he needs to adjust to how I'm wired. You are a fool and you are not going to flourish where God has you. You're not honoring him biblically and you're not going to, you're not leading up well. Yeah, 
That's good. I just dropped the mic right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. He got really excited about that. And Wheaties for breakfast. So uh, the next one here is communicating intentionally. So I'd love to hear you guys speak into that when you say, because so much that you've already talked about is with communicating with your boss. And so tell tell us or tell our, everyone listening, how, would, how do you do that well with someone who's your boss? If you're going to communicate intentionally, what does that look like practically? Um, well, I, I, I've got some, unless you want to jump in. You got it. I think, I think it, it, it bleeds into the first one, but yeah. it's that I'm going to telegraph things along the way. So they're not surprised. I want to make sure that I don't surprise them mm-hmm. that with my boss, who's a senior pastor here, if their decision is going to be made or a shift or even a staffing thing, I'm overly communicative in some ways where it's like, Hey, I, I don't even know that they need to know all of this, but I'm going to email it so that it's documented so that there's quote unquote, a paper trail. And I want to be very intentional in how I communicate. And then I also want to do what Elena said earlier is be thoughtful about what's the most effective way to communicate. If I realize that my boss doesn't respond very well to email, maybe he does respond to text, or maybe I just call him mm-hmm. or ask his assistant, hey, I need an answer on this by the end of this day or by this time. Can you please make sure that you put it in front of him yeah. by there? Because I want to prioritize it. But it's just being thoughtful and intentional about the way that you communicate. And, um, and if I do drop a ball, I drag it into the light. If I miss something or I have a deadline that I didn't hit, I'm going to drag that into the light and say, I dropped this ball, boss. I, I want to own everything that I can about here's why. But now the most important thing is we need to, we need to hit print. We need to order it now. Yeah. We need to do whatever we have to do to, to um, as a result of that. And then we can figure out how to not do it in the future. But what yeah. else would you add? Honestly, this happened today already. I... I made a mistake on something. So I went to Dave and I was like, Hey, so here's what happened. I didn't realize that I did this. Um, here's two options that we could do. One, mm-hmm. one option is this and one option is that, which I think we should do option one. What do you think we should do? And that just gives him all of the information, but it's not just coming to him with simply a problem and being like, Oh, so what should I do now? It's coming to him with, Hey, here's the problem. Here's two solutions. This is what I think we should do. It just eliminates the extra work that he has to do because his time is valuable. And like, especially when it's something that I made a mistake on, it's just kind of shining a lot light on it and minimizing um, the effects of that mistake. So I would say that's a big thing is like not just coming to, with problems, but coming with mm-hmm. solutions. And another thing I was thinking of is um, kind of goes with the, the telegraphing is just giving you options for things. So it's like, Hey, here's an idea for an awaken, um, awaken t-shirt and here's three different options um this is going to be the volunteer shirt which one do you like the best and not just coming with a blank slate of hey do you have any ideas what do you think i should do that's just not helpful totally that's totally not helpful one one thing that um man in most work environments if you do this regularly you're gonna you're gonna pop further and that is something that i have lots of our staff go through especially early on send a weekly email that captures everything that you've been working on the status of everything that you're working on, decisions that may need to be made. It's just kind of like, here's here's information that you, if you have time to read and you're interested, here's a glimpse into the things that I'm owning, I'm overseeing, I'm working on, here's the status, here's a suggestion of, you know, here's problems I'm facing, here's suggested solutions and, um, and go mm-hmm. through that. And you will pop at your job. You're going to honor God. All right. And so... Uh, we want to talk about another one, and that's initiating improvements. What does it look like if you um, are not the boss and you want to improve things? So how do I communicate that? What what should I be thinking of, and how do I how do I do that? Yeah, first, I mean, one way that you can add value to wherever you work is seek on how can I make things better. Whether or not I get credit for it, or whether or not they use my idea, I constantly am thinking through what is a more effective, a better, a um, 
a larger, whatever makes sense for you, but how can I initiate improvements? I'm not going to sit back and wait for, oh, somebody will do that. That's someone's job out there. I'm going to, to the best that I can, make a suggestion. Maybe we should do this and um, propose that to my direct report, propose it to whoever is the most strategic in how to do that. And um, one, one thing I think, Elena, you do do really well is that you're not after credit for it, that you're going, I think this is better, or I think we should do this new event, this new idea. So contextualize it to whatever this would be like in your work environment. And I don't care if I get credit. It's just something I think we should do. I think that we should make this change or make this improvement. Or I think that you, my boss, should send an email out to our team or to our organization that tells them X, Y, and Z. And I drafted an email for you to send from you with your name on it. And I don't care if, if you say I drafted this email. I just think it's it's going to make us better and you should do that. Her, multiple people on our team do stuff like that all the time. And it's it takes a real humble heart that's saying, I am for us succeeding. I'm for honoring my boss. There's an old um, guy who used to work here on staff is one of the most brilliant business minds and, and brilliant people I've met. Stanford grad, Harvard business grad who would say, my job is to make my boss look good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in some ways, that is what, if you work for the Lord and obey Colossians 3 and Ephesians chapter 6, Titus chapter 2, if you do that, you're going to make, you know, your boss and um, whatever you guys are over, it's going to flourish. And that is going to, if you work with all of your heart as you're working for the Lord, it's going to make your boss look good because that sector in your whole company is going to pop even more. And, uh, but it takes the humility to say, I don't care who gets impro- who gets credit. I think this is an improvement we could make and I'm gonna leverage whatever influence I have to, to see that happen. Anything yeah. you'd add? I think a lot of times instead of initiating improvements, people just think things to themselves like, why do we do it that way? And why are we having this meeting again? And why that seems like a waste of time. Oh, well, I don't really wanna say anything because uh, I'm just gonna go along with it. And it's like, no one ever speaks up and no one ever, um, wants to initiate that change, but they just think really critical thoughts about things of like, hey, that doesn't really make sense why that happens, but oh, well, I don't want to deal with it. And so they just move on with their day. And if everyone's doing that, nothing's ever going to change. It's really being an owner. Yeah. Like learning to be an owner Mm -hmm. and and seeing an ownership mentality over this whole thing that even if if no one else is thinking about it, I'm thinking about it, I'm owning it. can I tell a story? Yeah. The most strategic day <laughs> in our ministry history. No, that's not probably true, but there was a day where Elena came on. I don't know if you're going to love this story or hate that I'm telling this story right now. <laughs> I'm nervous. But, I don't know where you're going. And um, do you remember your first review? Oh yeah. I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> so we do reviews at Watermark and uh, there's like a 180 day review and 90 day. Which one was it? Was uh, it? We do an annual review know. for everybody. So I have a review where months. my boss sits me down and says, man, here's like areas to improve. Here's areas that are going well, just kind of a, a overall development check-in and touch point. And there's a um, grading scale. It's not to even go into much, but it just kind of frames it up that it's helpful. Like if I'm like, Josh, here's all the things you could do good. And I'm, and I say, but you're doing a 95, you're doing awesome. Like, great. That number just frames up the feedback. And so we'll frame up the feedback in that process. And, um, and one being the best five is the worst. Mm-hmm. And uh, what did you get? Like a two? No, you gave me a three and I was, I was shocked. <laughs> hey, look, it was early in Elena's work environment. Whatever the number, I, don't, I think it was a 2.5. Um, ones so. are incredibly never... rare, but Elena got a one. 
shortly after that. But in that conversation, I said, hey, it just I encourage you to become an owner or, or I may have said something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, it was like something happened that day and she became the most owner person of all time. If she if if we were in a, a different scenario, she would take over the church. She would take over the porch. Um, and, um, and the reason I say different scenarios is because of theologically, but Elena is one of the best owners who initiates improvements constantly. And there's a reason why when you do that, and if you do that where you work, people are going to have a real respect and, and almost reverence for like, man, that, that girl is a leader. She is a leader. She's an owner. She makes everything she's a part of better. She's incredibly valuable. And that's basically what happens when you initiate improvements. You don't care who gets the credit and you you seek to work with all of your heart as though you're working for the Lord. In hindsight, something broke in me that day and something was also born in me that day. (laughs) Um, Okay. So a lot of the initiating improvements, there's something in here, I think that that easily leads to the next thing. And that being uh, that if you're going to lead up, you need to be willing to do what other people are not. Yeah, this is huge. And we may have to break this entire podcast. I think we're going to have to. But this one is, again, another marker that so few people do. And um, if you will learn to do this one, it's going to set you apart. Why do I say that? So the fourth one was be willing to do what others aren't or others are not willing to do. The reason this is so huge is because in our generation, there's this thing of like follow my passions or I'm not really gifted at that or um, uh, that's not on my job description. And... That is like the, if you want to be average and ordinary, you should maintain that posture. Like, oh man, I'm not passionate about that. I think somebody should do it, but you know, it's not really something for me. If you want to pop and stand out and um, see whatever company or school or whatever you work for succeed, be willing to say, hey, I see a need here. I'm going to step in. I'm not the most gifted, you know, social media, graphic artist, whatever it is, but somebody needs to do it. And here's a suggestion or here's my first take at it. I'm going to be willing to jump on when I see a fumble, just like in in a football game. You watch football, Elena? You familiar um, with a term called a fumble? <laughs> I am familiar with that. When a fumble <laughs> happens on a team or on a field, if you're playing a football game, if there's a fumble and a drop ball, nobody, if the quarterback drops the ball, the lineman doesn't go, well, hey, dude, I, I didn't drop. You pick up your own ball. It wasn't my ball that had dropped. And the running back doesn't go, hey, you dropped the ball again? I, I can't believe this. I'm not jumping on that. You need to get your own. Everyone does the same thing. What do they do? They, they, go, all, they all run. Bumbo! <laughs> and they run and they jump on it. And uh, regardless of their role and whatever that is, if you will maintain that type of posture at work, man, you are going to stand out. When I see a drop ball or if I see an opportunity, if I see there's something there that um, you know we should do and somebody's looking for somebody to do it, I'm going to raise my hand and say, I may not be the best at it, yeah. but I can at least take a stab or I can at least try it while others are like, no, I'm not really good at that or... No, I'm, I'm, it's not my passion or my giftedness. I only want to do what I'm passionate about. And, um, and something so, that's interesting there, though, is that you need to be able to you need to be able to see that there's a dropped ball. Like you need to be able to like notice that something could be better. Um, and so, because it's different than a uh, that's a good analogy, David. I think, but like at work, you're not walking around the office and people aren't screaming fumble. Like this isn't going well. Yeah. So you need to be an owner enough of an owner that you can tell that that's not good. That that would be considered a fumble or it could be better. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, I think some of it's like just raising your hand when so often you know, it's it, the challenge of this podcast is contextualizing it to like every work yeah. environment ever. I wanted to give examples where I'm like, I feel like that's not going to transfer because ministry can be kind of yeah. unique, but. But I think some of the examples yeah. may, you know, again, translate them. 
Like um, there's been times where Elena is um, working through social media and may not have the best graphic ability or video editing or any of that stuff. But I've seen her go, hey, I can at least jump on it right now and look for somebody that could do it better. But if we're looking for someone to own that, here's, here's the competency that I bring in that arena, which may not be high, but I'll, I'll do it. And I'm willing to do what others are not willing to do while the rest of our generation kind of sits on the sideline and is like, no, I'm not really passionate about that. And uh, so things and that, that could also do. be menial things that seem like menial tasks. Like, totally. Hey, is anyone, can anyone run up to the eighth floor and make 50 copies of this paper? And it's like you, a lot of times people can be like, Oh, well, I don't want to do that. Or maybe an admin should do that. Or like, I'm not an admin. So whatever. It's like, no, anyone can do that. So totally. it's like, are you willing to go make copies when it's needed? It doesn't matter if you're the boss. Are you willing to go make copies? It doesn't matter who you are or like stacking chairs or like flipping room. Like there's so much, sometimes it's just being able to do something that it can seem like anyone can do, but not many people are willing to. Totally. That, yeah. And it's that biblical principle of the parable of the talents that he was faithful with little will be faithful with much. So when you're the person who's like, yeah, I can go print the papers. That's not on my job description, but done. I can go do that you are only gonna get more influence and more opportunity and more responsibility tacked to you. And if you're the person that is unwilling to do that, you will quickly become the person who I never think about giving any responsibility to because they're like, they're just, they're constant. Here's what they bring to the table. They're not really gonna bring much value in any other arena and in any other way. Yeah, so that may be enough for right now. We need to hit pause and then do a part two to this. That's good. I love it, man. I think that's it for us. Uh, hey, if there's any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can, as always, email us at info at the porch live. And uh, we will see you next week on another, another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.